Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the Active Skin Repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 102. On today's episode, I'm talking about how I define clutter. This seems like a simple question, but I hear it pretty often in different forms. So if you've ever wondered what clutter really is, or if you can have stuff as a minimalist, well, stick around because my answer may surprise you. Well, hello, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. If this is your first time here, I hope you know that I am thrilled to have you. There are a lot of things vying for your time and attention, and I am honored that you choose to spend some of it with me. Today's topic seems like a simple one, the definition of clutter, but I hear this question, what actually is clutter, asked a lot. Sometimes people don't really know. They think that anything that's above the basic necessities is considered clutter, and that might be true if you are a hardcore minimalist, which I am not. Other times, I think people are looking for an excuse to keep something or get rid of something. So when you are in a state of being unsure, a definition or a rule can make it make that decision easier or make you feel good about making it. So it's no wonder that this question and the desire for a definition of clutter keeps coming up. But before we jump into it, I want to say a huge thank you to you because this show is super close to hitting a big milestone. The Wannabe Minimalist Show is about to hit 500,000 listens or downloads. It is absolutely crazy to think that this show that I make from my home office is reaching so many people and hopefully making a positive change in the world. So I normally ask this at the end of the show, but I want to put it here too. If you could please help me out and subscribe to the podcast or leave a rating and a review, I would really appreciate it. When you subscribe, rate, or review the show, it helps me rank in different podcast lists, and those rankings are the lifeblood for any podcaster like myself. 
And if there's anything that you want me to talk about or go into more detail on, please pass it along. Send your suggestions to me. I'd love to hear them. You can DM me on Instagram or you can email me at deanna at wannabeclutterfree.com. I read all of my emails and I do my best to get back to you quickly. And with that out of the way, let's dive into how to define clutter. So like any good student, I went right to Google and I did a search on dictionary.com. And this is the definition that comes up when you when you search for clutter. So clutter as a verb, when it's used with an object, is to fill or litter with things in a disorderly manner. Or clutter, when you look at it as a noun, is a few things. One, a disorderly heap or assemblage. Two, a state or condition of confusion. Or three, confused noise clatter. Now, Honestly, I don't actually think that the dictionary definition of clutter is very helpful, do you? So I went to look for other places and I came across this definition from Clutterers Anonymous. Yes, that is actually a thing. And here is what they say. Clutter is anything we don't need, want, or use that takes our time, energy, or space and destroys our serenity. It can be outgrown clothes, obsolete papers, broken toys, disliked gifts, meaningless activity, ancient resentments, or unsatisfying relationships. We may be selective in some areas, but not in others. Objects may be strewn about or wedged into drawers, neatly stacked or stowed in storage. Our clutter seems to have a life of its own, to multiply without effort on our part. We may feel overwhelmed, controlled by our possessions, and or doomed to be hopelessly disorganized. No matter how we feel or deal with our clutter, it can be a source of pain and shame to us and to those we live with. Despite this pain, we fear throwing things out. We think we might need it, fix it, or wear it again. We don't want to be wasteful or ungrateful. We don't know what to keep and what to discard. We don't know how much is enough. Although we may cling to our clutter, what we really yearn for are surroundings of beauty, order, serenity, a balanced life, and harmonious relationships. Now, that definition sounds more like it. So again, that's from Clutterers Anonymous. But how do I define clutter? Well, I think clutter is anything holding you back. Now, that can be physical, it can be emotional, or it can be mental clutter. But most often, it is delayed decisions because we don't want to face a tough situation or we don't know what we really want in life. And that can be with all three of those kinds of clutter. So let's dig into this a little bit more. Because what is the difference between physical, emotional, and mental clutter? Well, physical clutter is the easiest to see. This is the piles of stuff everywhere. It's the stuff that you have, but you don't use. It's the stuff that you use, but you don't put away. Or it can be the stuff that you think you need, but it doesn't have a place to belong in your home. It could be a physical thing that you keep out of guilt. Maybe it's a gift someone gave you, or it's something that you've owned forever, or it's a thing, you know, that used to belong to a loved one, or maybe it's something that meant a lot to you at one point, and even though it's no longer your taste, you just can't seem to let it go. And then there's those physical things that we struggle to get rid of because they seem wasteful. It could be something that you're keeping because it cost you a lot of money and now you are concerned about getting rid of it because you've just spent all this money and you feel like you're wasting your money if you get rid of it. Or it could be getting rid of something that feels harmful to the environment because now you're putting all of this stuff, like once you go through that big declutter and you have all this stuff to get rid of and a lot of it is just going to end up in the landfill that feels really, really bad actually. And so... We can feel guilty about that and it can feel really wasteful. 
or it could be something that you're procrastinating about. So it sits in a pile of indecision. These are the stacks of the bins um, and boxes that are in your garage. Now, those are what come to mind when I think of physical clutter. But again, it could be the things that are piled up on your dining table or your desk. They could be on the floor next to your bed. Again, these physical items, this is your physical clutter. Now, clutter can also be mental and emotional, like I talked about before. So mental clutter is stuff that clogs up your brain. Now, this is when you cannot concentrate because there's so many distractions in your life, or it could be caused by stress. It's basically that feeling of overwhelm and defeat. Emotional clutter is when our spirit is heavy, and it can manifest itself when you are grumpy or cranky or you lash out for seemingly no reason at all. Now, these two are often tied together and can be symptoms of physical clutter, or they can be caused by their own issues, like when you have obligations or activities that you feel like you have to do what you dread, or it could be people that bring you down. This can also be things that we feel like we should be doing because it's expected of us, even though it's something we don't really want to do. So these are mental and emotional clutter things, and they just really bring up all sorts of bad feelings. So how do I deal with the clutter in my life? Well, my favorite way to approach decluttering is from a positive perspective and from the positive side of what do I want to keep or do or have instead of what do I want to get rid of? Now, I teach people that the best way to do this is to think of the ideal life that you want to be living and how you see that coming about in your home. Now, this is not about dreaming of winning the lottery or becoming the Kardashians. I like to work from a place that is attainable. So things that we can actually make an impact on, that we can actually bring about in our own lives. Now, they can be big things. It does not have to be small, but I want you to be able to actually play a part in making them happen. And honestly, playing the lotto is it's gambling. It's just, I mean, yes, you have to play to win. And so if you want to do that, definitely go ahead. But we can't count on that actually being something. We can't actually make that happen, right? Okay, so this is things like, you know, if you want to be someone who hosts holiday dinners or invites people over last minute for game night, if that's what you want, or maybe it's someone whose kids help clean up and then keep the home tidy without toys taking up every square inch of floor space, or maybe it's feeling peace when you walk through the door after a long day instead of feeling like you're being greeted by giant piles of stuff which make you feel bad. The idea is to start doing more of the things that make you feel good and align with your vision of a vibrant life and to do less of those things that are holding you back. So getting that vibrant life and letting go of these things holding you back can be decluttering the items that don't align with that life vision or add to your pleasure or can be cutting back on the time that you spend with people who actually bring you down. So letting go of physical clutter is also about making room for things that matter more, like your time, your space, and your sanity. So I encourage you to make a list of things that you want to be able to do in your home and get really specific. I'll give you a few examples here. They could be, you know, take these if you feel like they fit you and modify them or make up your own. Really, this is very personal because our spaces are our own sanctuaries, right? So Here's an example. Number one, I want to eat dinner as a family at the table each night. So I want to be able to set the table for dinner without spending 15 to 30 minutes clearing it and the chairs off, right? Do you wish you could find an educational podcast that your kids actually want to listen to and you enjoy too? Well, you're in luck. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math, is a weekly show full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. 
We listened to a few episodes, and not only did our daughter want to listen to more next time we're in the car, I found myself chuckling too. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. You're transported to moments in ancient history like Pythagoras' ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. Plus, they do a great job of teaching math theory without it being boring, complicated, or overly childish. And that can't be easy, but it's not really a surprise considering Mysteries About True Histories is from the creators of the hit podcast Who Smarted, Brain Games on Nat Geo and Disney+, and Brainchild on Netflix. Episodes drop every Thursday, and since they are about 15 minutes, they are the perfect length for kids ages 6 and up. Turn your next car ride, break time, or bedtime into math time with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where Earn In comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. With EarnIn, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the EarnIn app, verify your paycheck, and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip, and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than 3.5 million users are finding relief and a sense of security with EarnIn, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless, and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Clutter under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's Clutter under Podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Number two, I want to get ready in 30 minutes in the morning, so I want my bathroom and toiletries to be neat and organized. Number three, I want to be able to get dressed in two minutes and feel good in what I am wearing. Number four, I want my kids to be able to play with their toys without needing my help getting them out or to have them leave a tornado behind them every time they play. Number five, I want to keep my grandmother's china set. All right, so these are just some examples that you can see. Maybe you can see yourself in some of these, or you can see how you would modify them to fit your life. Once you have this list, I want you to go about just looking through this list and then decide how decluttering can help you attain these goals. So if you want to eat at the dinner table every night, well, that means it needs to be cleared off and ready to set. So what would you have to do to make that happen? The dining table can no longer be the drop zone for the mail or the bags or the items in your hands when you walk in the door. It means that you need a system to deal with the mail, your coats and bags, and the daily homework or the schoolwork that takes place if your child uh, does their work at the table, like mine does. (laughs) So another one. Okay, so that's the first one. The second one, where you want to get ready in 30 minutes. So if you want to be able to do that, that means your toiletries need to be pared down to the essentials. You need to keep the items that you you want and that you use to feel your best and then let go of the ones that you don't use. 
Remember, bathroom products don't last that long anyway, so get rid of the old and icky ones and keep the ones that make you feel amazing. The third one of wanting to be able to get dressed in two minutes and feel good. Well, then look at the clothes that you wear frequently and experiment with a capsule wardrobe. A capsule wardrobe was an amazing switch for me, and I never want to go back to a mismatched closet again. So if you need help creating a capsule wardrobe, I'll link my super popular French-inspired capsule wardrobe guide in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. It shows you how you can make over 72 outfits with just 12 articles of clothing. It's pretty amazing. So check that one out. And there's no, I'm not surprised why it's so popular. And the fourth one. So if you want your kids to be able to play independently and not leave a mess behind, so what do they need to do? Well, they're going to need to access those toys and then they're going to need to have a system for knowing where to put things back after they've gotten them out. So labels on everything. I mean, that is absolutely the easiest way to do that so that they know where things go and then help model that behavior and show them how to take things out, how to put them away. You know, again, it's just walking backwards from what you want and then getting to where you need to be now so that you get the the um, the end game, right? The end goal that you want. And then that last one about wanting to use your grandmother's china or keep your grandmother's china set. Well, then keep it. But then I also recommend that you use it. So what good does it do to keep things and then tuck them away in boxes? And then remember, if you start using your grandmother's china set, well, that gives you the opportunity to let go of any of the dishes that you're using now or any of those extra dishes that you no longer need. And that brings me to another question I get with clutter, which has to do with collections. People want to know, can I have collections if I want to declutter? And my answer to questions like this is that you get to choose what you keep inside your home. So much depends on where you live, how much other stuff you have, and how you feel when you look at your collection. For instance, if you have a smaller home, the reality is you do not get to keep as much stuff because you just don't have the space to house the things that someone in a larger home would have. And I don't actually look at that as a bad thing. When you have a smaller home, you have less stuff, which means you have less space to clean and you have less to keep track of. And generally, mentally, it is almost a little bit better to have a slightly smaller home than it is to have a slightly larger home. So don't necessarily look at it as a bad thing if you have a smaller house. Also, if you insist on keeping 20 collections, well, then each one is going to get watered down and none are going to feel very important. So you have to really think about what is truly important to you. And again, I didn't say what's important to me, what's important to society. It really comes down to you. This is your home, your stuff. And so you have to make that decision. And the third thing I mentioned is how you feel when you look at the collection. So if your collection fills you with joy and happiness, well then keep it. But if you feel obligation or guilt, well then take a closer look and investigate those feelings. Then if the collection belonged to someone else, like a late family member, and you don't want to keep it, but you feel super guilty getting rid of it, a good compromise is to keep one piece or a small part of the collection and then display that. Notice I said display that because again, if you're just keeping it in a box, then why are you keeping it? 
So having this one piece is still going to leave you with those fond memories memories, without having to hold on to the entire collection that doesn't really interest you because you're not keeping the collection because you like the collection. You're keeping the collection because you feel love for someone who el- who somebody who had the collection, who liked that collection. All right. So I hope that helps when it comes to knowing if you can keep collections if you want to declutter and live more like minimalist. At the end of the day, what is important to note is that the clutter is about how you feel in your space. I tapped into this a little bit, but I just want to hit it home one more time because everyone has a different clutter threshold and ideas about what a clutter home means to them. For some, a cluttered home can be when there there are things left out of place or there's a pile of laundry on the sofa. In my house right now, it's a mess. We have got year-end projects going on for school. We've got um, uh, a birthday party around the corner, so we've got projects going for that. I just went to the grocery store, and honestly, I haven't had a chance to put it all away yet because I've been really busy. I volunteered at my daughter's school yesterday, and so it's just been a crazy week, and so there is stuff all over my house, and it is getting a little bit much, so I need to just buckle down, spend a few minutes, and get it back in shape. But again, you guys, I want to remind you that I'm not perfect, and for me, clutter is right now where things are out of place, but for other people, it can be when they realize that they actually have to create pathways through their stuff to get to the other side of the room. Some people are really good at putting together lots of little things and they love how it looks and it makes them feel great. Other people like to have stuff around them. They like to be able to see their stuff and it makes them feel better. So these questions really come down to personal taste and personal space. So um, we just have to think about that because the most common reason people start to question what clutter is and to decide when they start want to declutter is when they start to feel overwhelmed or suffocated by their space. And that was the catalyst for me. Because your home should be your sanctuary from the outside world. It should be a place where you can breathe easily, be your authentic self, and let the stress of the day fall away. If it's causing you to stress and it's creating some chaos into your life, well, then it's time to examine why that is and then take steps to change it. So now is as good a time as any. And with that, I want to turn it to you. Do you agree with my definition of clutter or do you think it's a little bit different? Does it make it easier to let go of things that might have been holding you back if you're thinking that those things that make you feel guilty or that make you feel held back in life are clutter and so those are the things you should examine a little bit more? Well, come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook and share. I'm really curious to see what you thought. Let's encourage each other and support one another on our journeys to live amazing lives with less clutter. And if you like this episode or found any episode helpful, please consider leaving me a review on Apple Podcast. It makes my day and it helps me so much because I know more of what you like and I can actually then grow the show and uh, get more uh, people on the show as guests and that just really helps me. And I do want to share a review I got recently. This one comes from Chickadee H and they write, I had already started my minimalist decluttering journey when I found this podcast, but it helped me take a step further in such easy bite-sized steps. I also just started Deanna's avalanche declutter challenge and I can't wait to see the results in a month. So thank you so much for the kind words, and I also can't wait to hear about the results from the challenge. So if you'd like to learn more from me, how I can help you, or how to implement the things we chat about on the Wannabe Minimalist Show, head on over to wannabeclutterfree.com. You can get the show notes for today by going to slash 102. 
There are free downloads, online programs, and other resources to help you create the vibrant, happy, simple, and abundant life that you deserve. You can also sign up for that Avalanche Declutter Challenge and jumpstart your efforts. And that just about wraps it up for today's show. I hope today's show was not only helpful, but inspires you to take action and make a positive change in your life, no matter how small. Join me here next week for another guest episode. I'll be chatting with Ryan Mitchell about extreme decluttering. I love these guest shows because they really help motivate me as well. All right, have a fabulous day and I will see you back here next week. I'm Deanna Yates and you've been listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show. Cheers. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.